I'm really, really grateful to be here this morning. It's a privilege to be able to come to you and to deliver God's word. Uh, my wife and I, I don't know if we were able to do this. Yes, they got it. I sent them this picture. This is my wife, Emily, and we've been married for almost four years. Uh, behind us is the uh, Renaissance Center in downtown Detroit. This was at our gender reveal party because we're having our first baby in May. And uh, yes, baby girl, as maybe you can tell by the pink balloons, even though the Renaissance Center was like, we thought it was a boy, but the pink balloons. So May, we're going to have the baby. March, the church launches. I keep telling people we're going to grow this church one way or another. Um, and we almost feel like we're pregnant with two things at the same time. So it's a crazy season, but uh, it's a good season. And God's been faithful through our entire journey. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in Detroit. By the way, just a, a little bit of information about Detroit before we get into the message this morning. I feel like when I tell people, hey, we're planting a church in Detroit, they're like, cool, do you have your concealed weapons permit? And um, here's the deal. Like, Detroit is not what you think it is. Um, Detroit, although it does have its challenges, is a city that's really on the rise. Like, it's not the same place it was five years ago. Five years from now, it's not going to be the same place it is right now. And I just feel like it was such an amazing thing that God placed us there at this moment in time. And as the city is kind of growing and changing and it feels like the future of Detroit, the cement is still wet, we get to be a part of shaping the future of the city of Detroit, spiritually speaking. And we get to lay a foundation for what God wants to do in the future of that city. And we want to see new life in Detroit through Jesus Christ. And of course, to glorify God through making disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, and so we have an alignment with this church and other churches that have a similar vision. But we're so excited for what God's going to do in the city. Um, you're not even going to recognize it in a few years' time. It's so beautiful. And my wife and I love it. Our team is growing. We're excited to be launching in just a few weeks. So please be praying for us. Sunday, March 3rd, uh, that's on our calendars, kind of a big deal. We're all leading up toward that moment. And so we appreciate your prayers. But have you ever wondered how you can tell for sure that God is up to something? You ever wonder that? Like, I want to know that this is not just me trying to make something happen, that this is not just the way that things kind of happened to work out. I want to know that God is up to something. I think we all wonder that at different points in time. And I think the reason that we wonder that is because if you're anything like me, and I assume you are, you want to be a part of what God is doing. You want to be in on the thing that he's in on. You want to have a role to play. And so we wonder, God, what is it that you're up to? How do we figure out what's the formula? Like, are we supposed to be kind of like detectives with our magnifying glasses out? looking for blues clues, figuring out where it is that God's moving, what he's doing on the earth. Well, I think there is a clue of how we can figure out what it is that God is up to. In fact, he spells it out in this scripture that we're about to read this morning. This is a very popular scripture. You've probably heard it a bunch of times, but I think we're gonna come at it from a fresh perspective today. And I'm praying that God uses it to speak something very powerful into your life and into the life of this church. Isaiah chapter 43 is where we're going to be at this morning. And before we even read the scripture, I just want to tell you that here's how you can know if God's up to something. God is always up to something new. 
If you want to know where God is moving, you need to look for the new thing that he's doing. God loves to do new things. He's not just into repeating the same things over and over and over again. Yes, he may at the core be doing the same thing, but it's always done in a fresh and in a new way. You ever have friends who like, they find something that they like and they just constantly repeat it like over and over and over and over and over. And you're just like, my goodness, man, you need to change some, something up. Like the people who've been you know, dressing the same since 1975. Like, hey, that's cool. You found your style and you just jumped off the fashion train in 1975. The train kept going and you stayed right there. That's cool. Or my friend, here's, I, I love you too. I hope that's okay to say in church. I mean, they're like, they're, oh, what are they, a Christian band anyway, kind of somehow? So like, I love you too. And I had a roommate who loved you too, but he would play every single day. He would play you too on his boom box. This is like early 2000s on his boombox in his room, so much so that as much as I love you too, they're like my favorite band. I hated them after a while. I was like, we gotta switch this up, man. We gotta do something different. And see, God doesn't like to just repeat the same things over and over. He wants to do something new. We see that in Isaiah 43, verse 19. I'm reading out of the ESV this morning because I'm a Christian. Isaiah 43, 19, it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God, we pray as we read your word this morning that you would not allow us just to read it, but that we would understand what you're saying to us, that you would give us eyes to see beautiful things in your word this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak even through me this morning to everyone who is here and is going to watch this later. God, we know that you are up to something special, something unique, and we want to be a part of it. So we pray that you would open our eyes, speak to our hearts, and help us leave changed from when we came in this morning. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So God is always up to something new. Maybe you've heard this scripture before. Um, I've heard it a bunch. It's on a lot of people's plaques in their home. Maybe it's on your refrigerator. Maybe you have it as a screensaver on your iPhone. You're like, that's my verse this year, Isaiah 43, 19. I've been saying it over and over again. Maybe it's like hung up, hopefully not in your bathroom, but somewhere else in your house where you see it oftentimes. Um, I, I always love to see people's homes that are like scripture decorated all throughout them. But I think even though we've heard this a bunch, it might have a slightly different connotation than we originally thought. You see, when you look at this whole section of scripture, which we're gonna go back and read a few verses before it so that we make sure we get it in context, I think what you'll realize is that there's something maybe a little bit different than you thought about this section of scripture if you just kind of read it over in a brief kind of cursory way. There's something really special that God wants to speak to us. And our first point this morning well, I'm so sorry, I, I forgot to say the title. Will you forgive me? This is 8.30 a.m., you know, I, like, it's cold in here, I'm still wearing a jacket, like, uh, I, I'm from Detroit, it's cold, but it ain't this cold, so hopefully you forgive me. See, whenever God does something, it always has that new thing smell. That's what I've called this morning's message. New thing smell, it's from Isaiah 43, 19. 
And God is always up, we've already established this, to a new thing. You know he's doing it. Yeah, he's doing it. God is doing it. You know he's doing it. Okay, well, you guys are, you guys are on. Any other, like, Christian kids from the 90s, DC talk? Hello. Don't be ashamed. Okay, so little short story, nothing to do with the message. I had a friend who is friends with Michael Tate. And so we went just a couple weeks ago to Ohio and we saw a Newsboys show. I gotta be honest, I didn't even know Newsboys were still around. But um, we went to the Newsboys show and like we're hanging out with Michael Tate and like his tour bus and like all the Newsboys are there and they're playing like, shine, let them wonder what you, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is still a thing. It was like so, so amazing. Nothing to do with the message, but God is doing a new thing. You see, I'm kind of a fan of new things personally. I love it when things change. I love variety. I love when things get different. I love technology. I mean, we're in Rochester, Minnesota. I feel like this is a technology city. The Mayo Clinic is here. Minneapolis is kind of like a technology hub. I mean, things just are progressing all the time. In fact, right now, the newest kind of trend in technology is that we're wearing our technology. Like, it's a fashion statement now. My watch is telling me things about myself. It's giving me notifications, it's monitoring my heart rate, it's sending me text messages. Like technology is just advancing all the time. Pretty soon babies are gonna be born, we're just gonna issue them their Apple Watch and their iPhone and they'll get it from the womb and just be right into this technology age that we live in. But I, 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 love, I love new things and I think that God loves new things as well. Maybe not quite in the same way, but he loves to do even old things in a new and a fresh way. So if you want to know where God is moving, look for the new thing. Look for new life. Look for new grace. Look for new mercies every morning. Look for a new expression of a revelation of his character that you, maybe you've never understood before. Look for new things in scripture. Look for the new thing that God is doing. God wants to do something new. He doesn't want to just continue the repetitive cycle of everything that's gone before. And I think so many times we get caught up in what God did in the past that we forget what he's doing right now. We're so excited about what he did in 2003 that we can't experience the fresh new thing that he wants to do in 2019. And that's exactly what happened with Israel. That's why God's speaking this verse to them. Let's jump a few verses up to make sure we get the context. You guys are Bible people. You're taught the Bible so faithfully. You know it's important to understand a verse in its context and not take it out or you can find some weird application and you end up being some crazy cult leader. And nobody wants that. So Isaiah 43, let's start in verse 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Then check this out. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. And then he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. So what is God referencing here? You guys know this. This is the biggest moment in Israel's history. This is the moment that they would sing about, talk about, write about, remember up until present day. Because you know that the Israelites were 
slaves in Egypt. They were under forced labor, being brutally treated, having to make all of these buildings and structures for Pharaoh and for his glory. And then God sent a messenger, Moses. And Moses came to Pharaoh and said the famous phrase, let my people go. And after a while, 10 plagues later, the children of Israel walked out of Egypt only to be confronted by this gigantic body of water between them and where they needed to go. And you know the story. God came into the middle of that circumstance and he parted the seas. What was impossible became possible. And the children of Israel walked across, not just on muddy ground, which they would have gotten stuck the in-between, but they walked across on dry ground. And not only did they get across, but then when Egypt came after them and all of Pharaoh's armies and his chariot and all of his horsemen, when they went into the water, it came down over them, crushed them, killed them, and Israel was free, delivered from bondage, able to walk into liberty, into the destiny that God had for them as his chosen people. This is amazing. This is literally the moment when Israel became a nation. And of course, it's a big deal. You would expect them to talk about this, to recite this, to to celebrate this, and that's all good. But God, referencing this moment, he says, hold up, hold up, hold up. I did that, and that was amazing. But remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Why is God telling this to them? It's because they got so caught up in what God did that they weren't living in what God was doing. They were so excited about what God did in the past that they forgot that God wanted to do something in the present. I wonder how many of us this morning, I don't know what you've experienced God do in your life that's been incredible and that you should celebrate. Maybe it's a way that he provided for a job. Maybe it's a way that he worked in your family. Maybe it's a a thing that he spoke to you through scripture that just absolutely changed your life. Maybe it's even the starting of Harvest Bible Chapel Rochester, which is an incredible work of God. But do you know what will hinder the growth of you personally and you as a church almost more than anything else? Staying stuck in the old thing and not moving on to the new thing. How many of us in our life have gotten frozen in a moment of time because this is where we experienced God and saw him deliver us and saw him do incredible things and then we quit moving forward into the new thing that God was doing. Listen, my friends, God is doing a new thing and he's always doing a new thing. What's crazy about God is that he never changes but he's always doing something new. And so if you don't have a story to talk about what God has done in your life recently, I think what he would speak to you today is, hello, I am doing a new thing now. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I want you to walk into great plans that I have for you. God is up to a new thing. We gotta get past the form that God used in the past trying to make that into a formula. You see, God will always stay true to his character, stay true to his word, but he'll do it in a new way every time. 
Jesus never healed a person the same way. He was always like spitting in somebody's eye. He's speaking to someone. He's having someone touch his garment and being healed. Jesus was always healing people, but he was doing it in a new way. You see, God may want to do something incredible, provide some insane provision in your life, but what you're getting stuck on is how he did it last time. And you're not thinking of maybe what he wants to do this time. Maybe last time somebody came through last minute, sent you a check or a job opened up or whatever. And so you're looking for the exact same thing to happen again. And God's saying, no, 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 no. That's what I did in the past. But now I am doing a new thing. God is up to a new thing. Our second point this morning is that God is up to something. God is up to something. You can underline, actually, I know something is underlined because it's a fill in the blank, but you could underline God because that's the emphasis here. God is up to something. You ever uh, have somebody give you credit for something you didn't do and then it's a little bit awkward? They're like, hey, thank you so much for blah, blah, blah. And you're like, actually, uh, that was Billy, you know? They're like, oh, okay. Or maybe you've done the same thing to somebody else. You've given them credit and they're like, no, 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 sorry. It was, it was actually this other person. You see, I think that God is up to something oftentimes, but we're not recognizing it. We're attributing, attributing it to other things and not giving God the credit that he deserves. The Hebrew word here for behold, I am doing a new thing is the word asa, asa, A-S-A. And this word asa is used multiple times throughout the Bible. And it's always referring to when God is creating or doing something. So for example, when God speaks the waters into existence in the book of Genesis, it's the word asa. Anytime you see God doing something, it's the word asa in Hebrew. And I think that this is so amazing because listen to this. God's not done creating. God's not done doing fresh and new things. What this verse would tell us when we look at the original language is the same force and the same power that he used to speak the earth into existence is the same force and the same power with which he is doing the new thing that he wants to do in our life. You see, God himself is doing a new thing this morning. God himself is opening up the doors for you. God himself is bringing that miracle that he wants to bring in your life. God himself is changing the circumstances in not just your exterior, but in your interior. God himself, with the same force in which he spoke the universe into being, is speaking a new thing into our lives. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just mind-blowing? As I was researching and studying this week, I was like, that is so insane because I think we oftentimes feel like God quit doing stuff after this book was written. It's like we read this, and this is amazing. Everything in here is true. Everything we need for life and godliness is contained in this book. But we would make a mistake to think that the works that God was doing ended when this book ended. No way. The stuff that we read about here is actually a template for the things that we can experience today. If you don't take this out of its time and put it into our time and understand that it's for right now, then you're completely missing what God intends with what he's recorded in scripture. You see, God is doing something new. He's still creating. 
He's an artist. Anybody in here a, a creative? You like to make new things, graphic designer, artist, you're in that kind of world. Okay, some of you are. Then you kind of understand like this obsession with formulating something new and creating something. It's really beautiful. It's really amazing. It's like, you know, when you can actually be a part of making something that's new, as an artist, you just, you just love that. And God's a creative God. He didn't just stop once he created the earth. He didn't just stop once he sent his son Jesus. He didn't just stop once he created you. He's still speaking new things and new life into existence, which is mind-blowing for me. And what's crazy about God versus us, even as artists, is that as much as we try, we can't ever truly create something that's completely brand new. Like we're using existing things and putting them together in a unique way and kind of the, the com combination of all these things is the equivalent of our new thing. But God is actually able to make something completely new. Something that's never been thought of before. Something that no one has ever experienced. Something that you could not imagine in your wildest imagination. And that's why God is able to speak new life and change the inside of us because he can literally bring the dead to life. He can make you a new person, a new creation, as the scripture says. You don't have to stay stuck in the old version of you and the old way of doing things. You can literally become new, and maybe the new thing God wants to do in your life is to bring you from death to life into a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's just the beginning of the new things that he will do in you. But God is up to something. So let's not give the credit for all the things that fell into place in our life that led us to this moment today to happenstance. Let's not give the credit to how things worked out and the gifts that we have and the abilities we have to do X, Y, and Z up to like, oh, that's just the combination of my genes, of my, my parents coming together and creating me. Let's not give credit to just random coincidence to what God is up to. I wonder sometimes if we lived in the Bible times if we would even recognize the miracles that God did and attribute those to him. Like when Jesus fed the 5,000, like would we have just sat there and been like, I, I, I feel like a lot of those people might have been clueless to the fact that this was a miracle. Like they're just sitting there and the bread's being distributed and they're like, oh wow, that's crazy. I didn't think we had any bread. I don't think there was like, you know, somebody playing the keys in the background like, huh, you know, like, and then like there's this light shining behind Jesus and, and everyone's just tuned into the fact that a miracle is happening right now. You could have very well sat in that moment and explained that away. How many things is God doing in your life, in our world today, that we just sit and explain away? And we don't give the credit to God who is doing something. I live in Detroit and there's a lot of uh, street art around Detroit, it's kind of a newer trend in the city. These really cool murals that are all throughout the city. Sometimes people put them up and, uh, and sometimes we know who did them. Sometimes uh, as an artist, maybe you know that sometimes there's uh, often times you don't know who made a piece of art or who put this mural on the side of this building. I actually lived in Florida for a while. There's an area called Wynwood where it's like, your building could just get tagged overnight and you don't know who's responsible for it. But if you start to look 
and see similar artwork in other places, then you can figure out who the artist was because you see their handiwork even though their, their signature might not be on the piece. And the same is true with God. If we look carefully, we can start to attribute the things to him that are supposed to be attributed to him because God is up to something. We can see the similarities in his artistry and his handiwork that makes us say, wow, this is God. And I love how this verse says at the, in the second half at the end, it says, do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? It's like God saying, can't you see it? Aren't you aware? I wonder how many times we just completely miss what God is up to. I don't know if you're like this, but when you go shopping for a new car, it's like you can drive the same road to work every day, the same road home, the same places you go to eat, shop, hang out, whatever, and you're just kind of completely oblivious to everything that's around you. Like you're just, sometimes you get home and you're like, I don't even know how I got home today. Like your, your subconscious or your mind just takes you from point A to point B, but then you start looking for a new car. And then you're like, oh, I like that Honda. Or you're like, oh, I like that Tesla. Come on, Elon Musk. Like, let's get that Model 3 growing. Come on. You're like, oh, I like this. This is so, this, I want this car. Then what happens? Now you look in the road and you start seeing that there's these cars everywhere that you look. You never knew that there was another Honda Civic on the road. But now that you're shopping for a Honda Civic, that's all you see. You're like, oh, wow. That's red, that's blue, that's beautiful. I didn't know you had this. Why do you like this? All these conversations with people. And now your eyes are open to something that was around you all the time, but you had been blind to previously. Why? Because you had not been looking for it. Are you looking for the new thing that God is doing? Are you opening your eyes and trying to discover what is it that God is up to right now? Or are you just going from point A to point B completely oblivious of everything that God is doing around you because, hey, guess what? You don't have to be a detective. If you would just open your eyes and look, I guarantee you would see that God is doing a new thing. Sometimes we're praying for God to move and we're asking, would you please work in this situation? And God's saying, hey, guess what? I already am. You just need to open your eyes and look. I know in my life, there's times, even as a church planner, you're like, oh God, please bring this person onto our team. God, we need somebody who can do this in this area. And God's like, hey, guess what? I already provided that person for you. They're right in front of you. You just need to disciple them into that. What is it that God is answering in your prayers right now, but you're just not opening your eyes and seeing it? He's saying, do you not perceive it? I am doing a new thing. Our last point this morning is this. God is up to a new thing. God is up to something. And God is up to a now thing. A now thing. Let's look at this verse one more time. It says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. It doesn't say yesterday. It doesn't say five weeks from now. It doesn't say in 2020. I'm gonna do a new thing. God says, I am doing a new thing right now. January 27th, 2019, I am doing a new thing. 
God is up to something in your life right now. What is it? Are you looking for it? This has been really sticking out to me as I've been studying this passage because I think that there's a lot of times in our life that we're just waiting on God. Give me, give me, like, understand me clearly. Waiting on God is a fantastic thing. The Bible talks about waiting on God all the time. And if I were to say, don't wait on God, that would be ridiculous. You should wait on God. But I think we have a misunderstanding of what it means to wait on God. Waiting on God does not mean that you sit back and do nothing. That is not what waiting on God means. Hello, God is active. God is always moving. He's always doing something. He always has something for you to do. So when the Bible says wait on God, it's speaking to trusting in him and it's speaking to not anxiously striving, trying to force things to happen, but waiting on God and letting him do the work. But that doesn't mean that you just have to sit back and do nothing. In fact, I think that that would most likely 99% of the time be the wrong thing to do. How many times have you heard somebody say, well, don't get ahead of God. I don't think that God's really like, hey, slow down, I can't keep up with you. You got way so far ahead of me. Like, where did you go? I don't even know. I've been training, but you know, I'm, I'm not in as good a shape as you are running out here in the zero degree Rochester, Minnesota. How do people run outside in this weather? I do not understand. God bless you if that's you. I, you are a hero and we salute you. <laughs> But God's not trying, like it's not hard for him to keep up with you. I think the opposite is true, is that we're not keeping up with God. God's way ahead of us and we're like in the back saying, God, what do you want me to do? I'm just, I'm ready for whatever you want to do. And God's like, all right, let's get moving. Let's do something. What's the dream that God's placed in your heart? Who's the person that God's called you to reach out to and encourage and pray for and see come to know him? How many people are there in this city who don't know the same God that you do who loves them and sent his son Jesus Christ to die for them and that they could have a brand new beginning if they would trust in him and God has put you in their life to be an active participant in their salvation? How many people are there? How many things are there that God has called you to do that you're sitting back and you're waiting and God's saying, I am doing a new thing now. January 27th, let's get going. God's doing a new thing. It's time to forget the things of old and step into the new. I think about this with my wife and I. We were trying to plant a church for so long. Obviously, we didn't tell you the whole story, but originally we were gonna plant a church in London, England. And we love London and we think it's amazing and we're praying for God to do incredible work there. But we tried to go to London and the door closed. Our visas never came through. And we could have just sat back and said, yeah, I, I don't know what God's doing. And just waited indefinitely. But God said, hey, check it out. I'm doing a new thing. And he opened a door for us to go to Detroit. And we're so in love with this city and we believe its best days are ahead. And we're so just completely excited that God would allow us to be there to minister the gospel. And we've stepped into what we thought maybe was what God wanted to do into the new thing that God was doing. And we're so excited about it. Listen what God has for you in the future is better than anything you leave behind.
This was so great. I remember when God did this and he spoke to me and he changed this. And I remember the early days of Harvest Rochester and there were only 20 people and we were a core group and everybody knew each other. And now there's 600 people or more on a weekend. And uh, check it out. This was great. And that's what God was doing then. But this is what God is doing now. And five years from now, that will be what God's doing then. And it'll be incredible. I believe God has just even greater things he wants to do in your life and in this church. But it's going to require for you to say, I'm not going to get stuck in the old thing that God was doing and forget what he's doing right now. God's doing a new thing. We're starting a church on March 3rd, right? And I'm so excited for it. And we're gearing up and we're having launch team meetings and, and we have our location. And because of Harvest Rochester, we're able to buy the stuff we need to start a church. Thank God. It's so incredible the way that God's used you guys to provide. Like we're so, so fired up about that. We're thrilled. But I can have this tendency, even for me, I'm thinking I can't wait until March 3rd. March 3rd is going to be so great. Can't wait to open the doors on March 3rd. Can't wait to see all the people come on March 3rd. Can't wait to see what God's going to do on March 3rd. And that's true. I can't wait. But you know what this passage woke me up to? Our church doesn't start on March 3rd. Our church starts right now. The new thing that God is doing is today. The people that God's placed in front of us right now, we have to focus on them and minister to them. And yes, we can look forward to March 3rd, but not to wait until March 3rd to step into the new thing that God's doing. That starts today. So I wonder, Harvest Rochester, I wonder what is it that's the new thing that God has placed in front of you in 2019 that he's saying it's time for you to step into the new. Can we pray together? God, thank you for your word that just speaks so clearly to us. I, I am in awe of you and your word, how it just cuts through everything in our life and speaks right into our situation, our circumstance. You're a good God. You know every even small detail in our life. Maybe the things right now that we're afraid to let go of to step into the new thing or we just haven't been looking and seeing what you're doing. But I pray, God, that, that this would be a moment that we would say, all right, God, I'm ready to grab a hold of all the things that you have for me right now. I'm ready to see the waters spring forth in the desert, the new paths to be made in the wilderness. What you did in the past was incredible, but what you have in the future is even better. Would you give us the faith to believe that there are greater things ahead. As much as we've seen you do, the best is still yet to come. While we're praying right now in this moment, heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wonder if there's anyone here who would say, Josh, that's me this morning. I, I know that God's calling me to step into the new and today is the day I need to do it. And if that's you, I just wanna pray for you. I just want to pray that today would be a marker where you would say, I'm going to leave the past in the past and I'm going to step into the new thing that God has for me. Would you just raise your hand if that's you? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Nobody's judging you. We're all just people who are struggling anyway. I know things that God's speaking into my life. God bless you. Any other people who just say, yeah, I need to step into the new thing. This is just a, a physical expression to show what's in your heart. I want to step into all that God has for me. 
God, I thank you for those who are raising their hands right now and just saying, God, I want more of you. I want to know you in a new way, in a fresh way. I want to walk into the new things that you have for me. Lord, I pray that you would bless these people and that their eyes would be opened to all the things that you have for them as they would walk with you. Thank you. God bless you. And if there's anyone here this morning, I mentioned in the middle of the message, maybe you don't actually know Jesus. Your life has just been a recurring cycle of the same patterns over and over and over again. And you don't know what's wrong and you don't know why you can't get traction and you don't know why you're still dealing with this stuff. And this morning, maybe what God is telling you is it's because I need to make you a new person. You can't walk into the new thing unless you're a new person from the inside out who God changes. And the way he does that is by you saying, God, I need forgiveness. I need grace for the wrong things I've done. I repent, I turn from my old way and I come to you and he will forgive you, he will change you. He'll come into your life by his Holy Spirit and he'll make you a brand new creation. And you don't have to work for it, you don't have to earn it. All you have to do is believe. Believe and receive that God is good. And so if that's you this morning that I'm talking to, before you leave today, I want you to find somebody with a badge, find one of the people who's been up front and come and say, I need to become a new person. There's nothing magical about it. You just put your faith in Christ and he will change you. And we just wanna pray with you and get you a Bible and encourage you in this new walk that you're gonna start with Jesus today. Can we just praise God for those who are gonna come into new life even this morning? Can we just say, thank you, God. There is still great things to come. The best is yet to come. The new thing that you're doing is still ahead of us. Praise God. Love you guys.